Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. In the last fiscal year, San Diego police response times were worse than they've been in more than a decade. Police are getting to emergencies like deadly shootings in minutes, but all other types of calls have much longer wait times. Union Tribune reporter Lindsay Winkley joins me now. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. So tell me why this is happening. So San Diego police officials say that there are a lot of reasons fueling long response times. The data set that we looked at went back to 2009. And what you see from 2009 to 2022, these are fiscal years, is this steady increase in the length of time that it takes officers to respond to essentially every kind of call outside of the most serious. So deadly shootings, you know, stabbings, things where there is a threat to life that's happening in the moment, police are getting there pretty quickly. Um, everything else is taking, you know, anywhere from 38 minutes for priority one calls. That's pretty serious incidents involving things like domestic violence and child abuse, all the way to priority four, uh, which is taking hours. Currently, the San Diego Police Department is facing a significant officer shortage. That is clearly a fueling factor um, in the times that we're seeing. But there are also a lot of other things at play uh, that may be affecting response times. One of the things that I actually thought was fairly interesting uh, was the increasing amount of data collection that officers and departments are doing across the board. Um, a lot of police leaders are fans of this. A lot of community members are fans of this. Um, these sorts of things were put in practice to boost transparency and accountability. So we're talking about things like uh, state laws, like the Racial and Identity Profiling Act that requires police agencies across the state to collect information about the individuals they stop. Um, there's also a lot of uh, requirements surrounding body-worn cameras. Um, and while that is all sort of across the board supported uh, initiatives, it also takes officers time. It takes time um, to fill those things out and to put that stuff in the computer uh, so that we'll have that data that's available to us later. Um, inexperience is also a factor. Um, more than a third of San Diego police officers have been with the department for five years or less. Um, which you know is not that long. It's not that long to learn how to do uh, the policing job. Um, and police leaders say that newer officers take longer to handle calls, especially if those calls are complex, like you know calls involving financial crimes or individuals. You know, maybe not crimes at all, but just situations like individuals who are experiencing mental health emergencies. So those are the big ones. There are a couple of other factors that are fueling these length times, but those are the ones that police uh, really pointed to as being new struggles, um, newer struggles uh, for the police department last fiscal year. Um, I want to get into some of you know the the complaints and some of the solutions, but first, I mean, you know, there the the calls are categorized by priority, right? Zero through four. Can you kind of walk us through what those labels mean and what response times have been like, just briefly, in those categories? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're not the most uh, they're not the most telling titles for uh, different kinds of calls. Um, so, priority zero or emergency calls are your most serious incidents. Um, these are 
people are, the, the threat to life is happening right now um, and people need to get there immediately. And again, those are the calls that officers are still responding to um, in minutes. Um, last fiscal year, the average was 6.7 minutes. So under the seven minute threshold that the department has set for itself. Uh, priority one calls are also considered serious. Uh, these are calls that should be dispatched immediately um, and involve serious crimes like domestic violence, child abuse, um, situations where an imminent, you know, a threat to life could be, uh, could happen. Uh, those, that response time last year for that bucket of calls was just under 40 minutes. Uh, priority two calls are a little bit less serious than priority one calls. Uh, these include things like trespassing, prostitution. Um, so there's still a crime that's happening, um, but it's not quite as serious as the other buckets. And then we have priority three and priority four. So these calls are things like loud parties, an injured animal, uh, parking violations, um, and other more minor incidents. Um, priority three calls, uh, actually saw the longest response time last fiscal year, that was up to 216 minutes on average. Wow. Oh, well, I mean, what have been some of the real life consequences of this? You know, police not responding to potential emergencies on time. What have we seen in San Diego? Yeah, so across the board, officials talk about how not getting to incidents on time, not only affects the community, it affects officers as well, and it affects police work. Um, there is a likelihood that an officer may not get there in time to deter any sort of crime that's being committed. Uh, there's a possibility that because of how long it takes them to get to the scene, they're not gonna be collecting uh, the same quality of evidence uh, and which can, that can make it more difficult to solve crimes sort of down the road and way down the road that can really impede uh, the department's ability to clear cases, uh, you know, over the course of a year. So we, we did speak to several community members for this story who did believe that if officers had responded faster to several recent incidents, that the outcome may have been different. Obviously, that's very difficult to say. Uh, but there was a situation in Rancho Penasquitos uh, where several residents called about a break-in at a nearby condominium. Uh, it took police officers quite some time to get there. And when they did get there, they weren't able to make contact with the woman or anybody else inside the condo. And so they left. Well, the next day, that woman was found dead inside her condo, um, which really led to some questions, um, not just from community members, but from experts in that one. Uh, there are also residents who live in areas like college area who uh, are regularly calling the police for incidents like loud parties or otherwise a sort of uh, disruptive events. Uh, and they say that, you know, the response times have climbed so much in recent years that it almost feels hopeless. Uh, like there's no fix and they're never gonna get assistance um, in, a, in a timely manner. Uh, there was an incident that happened last month where there was a loud party. Um, at least one resident called about it uh, and 
as that party was breaking up, an individual who left was fatally shot. Uh, you know, officers showed up very quickly once the shooting happened, but residents couldn't help but question whether that incident would have occurred uh, had police shown up earlier. So what are some proposed solutions here? You know, last time we talked, we know there are staffing issues at the department. The only way to fix staffing issues is with new hires, <laughs> you know, again, creating this problem. So, I mean, do police have ideas? Do um, local leaders have ideas? Yeah, so there are a couple of things that um, that the police department is doing to try and address this. Uh, one, of, one of the things uh, that's probably happening is the most a stopgap measure is a lot of officers from different units are being pulled onto patrol so that officers can get to calls faster. Um, a police captain that we spoke with said everyone from members of the SWAT team uh, to the motor unit, which investigates uh, traffic enforcement, uh, are being pulled back to patrol. Uh, that strategy has gotten a little bit of criticism from other people within the department, essentially saying uh, that if we're at this point uh, and we're pulling all these people from all these different units, and that really shows that officers don't have the time to do other important things that officers should be doing, including building relationships with community members. Right now it's very much 911 call to 911 call. Um, and that can be really uh, toxic, not just for the residents that police officers serve, but also for police officers themselves. Um, you know, I think when we talk to police leaders, a lot of them will say that officers got into this job to help people. And I think when the situation is as strained as it is, uh, it's demoralizing. It's demoralizing for officers. It's it's demoralizing for the community. Um, and nobody really feels like the police work that needs to be done is happening when the system is strained like it is. Um, you know, one of the other things that we heard is this idea that if everybody is so stressed out about getting to an incident in the right amount of time, uh, you know, there, there could be a worry that you might have officers who uh, rush the process. Um, you know, if they, they really wanna make sure that they're getting to this next call, if they're closing things out when they shouldn't close things out. And so, you know, there really is sort of a ripple effect um, to this particular kind of struggle. Is there any talk of handing off um, responses to these calls to other agencies? I mean, I know that we have now mental health professionals in the county that can respond to mental health emergencies. I mean, might some of these lower priority calls qualify for something similar? Yeah, absolutely. So that is um, an ongoing conversation. It's not the first time that the department has talked about um, that, uh, but there definitely is some interest and possibly funneling uh, particular nonviolent crimes uh, to some kind of civilian staff member. Um, what that looks like is pretty hazy. There's not a lot of details about that. Um, but something that's sort of similar that has been implemented already uh, is that some calls for service are now handled completely online. Um, so things like crashes that don't result in injuries or some forms of identity theft 
um, those can actually be reported through the department's website. Um, and so an officer doesn't actually have to take the time to respond to that scene. Um, information can be handled in a digital way, um, which does, you know, sort of take off the plate of uh, some of these officers who are trying to get some uh, more urgent calls. Is there anything else to know here? Um, you know, what, what's next in this story? So I think with anything that deals with police, policing, public safety, uh, it's really important to remember that uh, as complicated as the situation is, the solution is likely to be uh, equally complex. You know, I think when we look at situations like this, uh, we have to remember that there is a broader conversation about uh, police accountability uh, happening across the country. That conversation is uh, rich and underway here in San Diego as well. And so as we're moving forward as a community, trying to address these struggles, um, you know, what we hear from a lot of community members and from, uh, from even our public officials is that we are going to need to think creatively about addressing these concerns while also uh, maintaining this sort of, you know, a, a vision of public safety that doesn't just rely on police departments, but also relies on other, uh, uh, you know, other groups, other entities, um, other organizations that are also trying to uh, build uh, a safer city. Okay, Lindsay Winkley, watchdog reporter at the UT. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much.